Check the mic and make sure it sound right, boys. Hey, I'm Aaron. Hey, I'm John. And this is Pastors and Pizza. I'm Josh. And this is Pastors and Pizza. A podcast where three very unqualified pastors. Very unqualified pastors consume some of the best best and worst worst pizzas Western Washington has to offer. While trying to make sense of our faith, figure out how it connects connects to the world around us. We believe the best conversations happen over food. So pull up a chair, grab a slice, pour a cold one, and come along with us. Wherever it is we are going. Wherever it is we're going. All right, you guys, welcome back to another episode of Pastors and Pizza. I'm Hi, John. my mouth's full, and I'm Aaron. How are you doing? Nice, nice to see you, Aaron. Yeah, nice, buddy. Nice to see you. Hey, so uh, where do we find ourselves today? In the beautiful town of Snohomish, Washington. Nice. At a place called Cat House Pizza. First time here. Yeah, so uh, Snohomish, if you're not familiar, is a, a couple of towns over from our home base of Sultan, Washington, a little bit to the to the west of Sultan, and our, our first pizza place in Snohomish. And uh, I'm not going to lie, I'm, I'm a little bit sad that we ended up here because we thought we were going to be going to North Lake Tavern in the U District True. before it closed. True. And we got uh, some word yesterday from our, our, our advanced scouts that it was about two hours just to get in an order. Gosh. And so two we decided hours. Yeah, that, that was a little much for uh, for what we had time for. Never so mind we, that it would take us almost an hour to get there. Right. So, yeah, it's, it's good 45 minutes to an hour just to, to get there. Two hours in line. You order, you wait, you eat another hour back. So, yeah, we decided against that. And honestly, I was actually thinking about it. I was like, you know, it's kind of mean almost to, to go to a pizza place that people can't actually then go to themselves. <laughs> and so, so it's probably, uh-huh, it's probably better. You yeah, did it. Probably better that we didn't end up there. Although it has literally been on my pizza list for multiple decades. Well, maybe we should try and go on a personal trip. So yeah, well, we'll see. We may, may try and get there um, before it closes and maybe we'll be able to record something, but we ended up at cat house, Snohomish, Washington. What do you, what are your thoughts so far? Gosh, I mean, it's cool, kind of almost got a dive kind of a feel to it in here. There's a lot of memorabilia, sports memorabilia. I'm not going to lie, there's a lot of Coog memorabilia, but there's some Snohomish stuff. And that, so that whole kind of atmosphere and all that, it's a bar, and they got a ton of different uh, beers on tap. And the lady's fun and nice and pretty much what do you want kind of a thing and she's she's been cool but checked on us uh all that so far great what about you what do you think about it yeah so it's a it's a pretty cool spot i mean they, i think they they pride themselves or they they try to be kind of that neighborhood small town kind of hangout type mm-hmm. place I and mean, you definitely get that vibe you got a lot of like Aaron said a lot of the local kind of sports memorabilia some how much high school here in town you got some stuff there you got some seahawks stuff some coog stuff mm-hmm. tiny 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 bit of husky stuff um we were told um that the original name the cat house name came because the original owners were coog fans Boom. so we almost got up and left super uh, close actually. we did so anyway cool cool little spot in snohomish um i will say it was a little surprising how hard it was to find parking 
on, on a, Wednesday. a Wednesday in the middle of the day. Yeah, absolutely. But I've, I've been here on weekends and found parking easier at night on a Friday or Saturday. Gosh, that's crazy. So Maybe there's some kind of, I don't know, any of our antiquers out there, is Wednesday a special antique day? Ooh, special like red tag antique Maybe. sales or something? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Well, uh, so tell me, tell me about the pizza. Where, where did we go with on the on the pizza? Well, so we went with the cat house steak, which has three cheese blend, olive oil, fire roasted red peppers, which were outstanding, by the way. Red onion, sirloin, sirloin steak, roasted garlic cloves. Sorry, Kathy. Cooked Roma tomatoes, fresh basil, and drizzled with balsamic glaze, which definitely gave it a tart. It's thin crusted. I really, really love the crust. Probably my favorite thing about it. The pizza itself was pretty good. It was okay. More steak would have been great. Um, you know, it's got the olive oil, so it's kind of a light thing. But the tomatoes, which I love tomatoes, I just, something about it, too mushy, didn't really love that about it. Yeah, so we, we decided to, to branch out a little bit, at least for me. I don't know what you know, what your go-to pizza order is. Uh, I've been to Cat House several times, oh, and I almost one. always get their, their meat lovers pizza pepperoni okay. sausage guinea pig and that kind of thing because that's that's my thing mm-hmm. um and and we decided to branch out we got the steak pizza it, like you said it is a little bit lighter it's not a, a traditional sauce on it it's olive oil right. and then the toppings on top of it so it is a lighter pizza which is nice but especially at lunch you don't have kind of that heavy feeling mm-hmm. maybe after eating a big old meat pizza uh, it is the thinner crust which i like kind of that wood-fired thin crust flavor uh we did also get some cheesy bread Oh my! Uh, it's called goodness. it's called Crazy Cat Cheese Bread, which essentially it was a, a pizza without sauce, a cheese pizza without sauce is essentially what it is. That's um, true, and it's really good. And it, it was it was really good. But yeah, as far as the the steak pizza, it was it was good. Um, I've definitely um, liked the other pizzas I've had here better in the past. Um, but it's, I mean, it's a good pizza. It's 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 not not amazing. I could have used a little more a little more kick, a little more oomph maybe, mm. but. Um, it's good pizza. I did put some red pepper flecks on it. That was helpful. Um, I will did you say, put flecks or flakes? You do what you do. I'll do what I do. Uh, yeah, I just, they were flakes. They're flakes. They, they had a hard time coming out, so I called them flecks because it was getting me flustered. <laughs> Interesting. All right. Do you guys call them pepper flakes or pepper flecks? Mm-hmm. Let us know. Well, we'd love to love to hear your feedback, but. Uh, any any kind of last uh, any thoughts on the on the pizza the the environment the, any of that kind of stuff? I uh, again for it being steak and I know that steak's kind of expensive. Would have liked some more steak. Yeah, but I think this could be a pretty fun place for a date. Maybe even bring your kids. Um, I'm not gonna lie, looking at this pile high pepperoni, that looks pretty amazing. So. Yeah, the, the venue itself is pretty limited on seating. Uh, we're pretty, there's, there's one other person here eating right now as, as we're recording this, but I know on the, on the weekends at nighttime, it definitely gets very crowded. There's usually a wait because um, there's not a lot of seating in here. Um, it's, you know, probably th- these days it's probably kind of average cost-wise. Unfortunately, it's a little bit high, uh, which is kind of the average now. Yeah, no um, so we got the medium, which is a 12-inch pizza. And it says it feeds one to three. Um, hmm. Because it's the thinner crust, I definitely tend to um, polish it off by myself a lot of times if I get this size. And I'm saving a piece for little Pastor Zach. Yeah, so we're, we're trying to behave ourselves here. But, um, I mean, it's it, 
you can definitely chow through this because it is a thinner Easily. style pizza. We could have killed that, no problem. Yeah, and so the medium uh, was eighteen twenty-five. Yeah. Um, which, you know, not cheap, but at this day and age, it's, it's kind of about normal, right? Yeah. It's not shocking. And then the, the cheese bread uh, was nine ninety-five, which feels maybe a little, a little high. That felt a little high, high, but now having had multiple pieces of that, it was good. Maybe worth it. Yeah, it was good. So, uh, yeah, so that's kind of our, our thoughts on uh, on the Cat House pizza, the uh, the Cat House steak pizza. Um, pretty pretty good. Probably, I would say for me, is kind of middle of the road from the the ones that we've had. Yeah. On the on the yeah. show, I went to. I would say the crust for me, actually. Hey, for anybody who's aware of this, there's Zeke, the famous Zeke who runs around. Monroe just walked by outside. So, famous Zeke. All right. But no uniform, no football, no nothing. He's just wearing like a vest, but he looked like a biker. So maybe he's kind of he's transitioning, cha- changing some of, wow, some of his interests yeah. or transitioning. Yeah. Nice. All right. Cool. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll be back here in a minute with some, some more discussion. But uh, uh, check out Cat House Pizza if you're in the Snohomish area. It's pretty pretty good little vibe and, and pretty good pizza. Yeah. We are back. Thanks for that, Aaron. Uh, we are we are back from our, our break. A uh, little little beatbox by Aaron Day right there. Free, free beatbox. Uh, so one of the things, Aaron, that we have not um, introduced our uh, listeners to yet is that the, some of the fancy accoutrements of our um, little recording box that we use. Oh, we, here. I just gave him a beatbox. Well, that that's not part of our recording box. Oh. That's just that's just Aaron Day. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we we have a, a couple of bells and whistles that we have have yet to use. Um, so here here's one. Here you go. Oh yeah. All right. So we might start using that as a, a little interlude. Um, you know, segue from mm. segment to segment. I don't know. Um, probably easier than trying to find some random royalty-free music that I can can put in there. Which so. we've already paid for this anyway. So yeah. So uh, so that's one thing. Uh, here's here's another one. Yeah, <laughs> that totally is like, and we're back. And um, you know, if we get some some good uh, you know discussion, and we need a little emphasis. <laughs> I, I can hold that too. Watch. I can hold this all day. I can hold it all day long. Thank you. Thank, thank you. No, seriously. No, thank no, you. Thank you. No, you. We're here for you. Thank you. It's about the people. <laughs> the little people. All right. And then, you know, Aaron gets a little little dad joke happy and he needs some, some love. <laughs> there you go. Yes, please. Can we get that on Sunday mornings? Uh, I'll see what I can do. All right. I'll see what I can all do. Right. All right. So uh, thanks for, for joining us here, Pastor Some Pizza. Um, Aaron, what, uh, what's been happening? Gosh, I mean, we did just a few weeks ago, right? A couple of weeks ago? Yeah, now? it's been a couple of weeks. Yeah, uh, quite a bit. And then also a lot slowed down. There's been some deaths in our community. So that that's hard and painful. And just walking alongside some people through that. Um, grateful to be involved in people's lives. 
But like as far as traveling and doing a bunch of extra things, that's really slowed down pretty significantly. So I've been reading quite a bit more, a uh, few devotionals and a little bit behind on the reading for the, the church. But I uh, started reading a new book with my kids. Uh, my friend Michael Miyoshi wrote an autobiographical, what'd you say, Mike? Maybe even a little bit of fiction, little embellishments. Based on a true story. There it is, bro. His own story. Nice. His own true story. Yeah. It's called Show and Tell and the Great Ice Cream Caper, and my kids and I are loving it, and Kathy is too. I mean, who doesn't love a great ice cream caper? You know what I'm saying? So just some we fun might, We might have to do an ice cream caper Ooh, just to see, see Mike, what happens. Mike, thank you for that. Um, and then watched uh, a show that I'm not proud of called Kaleidoscope on um, Netflix. And it was, I mean, we were kind of vested in it. Kathy and I watched it over a couple of weeks. It was okay. It's kind of gross. Um, broken. They don't uh, glorify the thug life or criminal life, that's for sure. And then we watched a movie called worth last night talk to you a little bit more about that maybe later so what about you what have you been doing what have you been watching what have you been um, reading yeah not not a lot going on i mean that's w- one of the things we're trying to do here at pastors and pizza is is be somewhat consistent with our frequency um we've been a little sporadic since the inception uh, trying to get schedules uh, aligned and all that and so we're trying to get a little more consistent um, but with that becomes uh, less time between episodes, which which sure. means not as much has really happened. Right. I don't live a super exciting, adventurous life. Um, Says you. I mean, that said, I did recently go on a hike. I mean, Ooh. that's not all that adventurous. We went rattlesnake ledge out. In the there was a rattlesnake. Well, we were actually talking about that on the hike. It's like, why is it called Rattlesnake Lake and Rattlesnake Ledge in Western Washington, where there are no rattlesnakes? But then again, have you ever been up there before? Yeah. To that particular place? Uh Uh-huh. And never saw rattlesnake? Rattlesnakes are not indigenous to western Washington. I mean, I suppose someone could bring one over or something, but if I saw a rattlesnake at Rattlesnake Ledge, I would freak the heck out for multiple reasons. Yeah, I don't like snakes. My grandson loves them. They're not supposed to be there. Weirdo. So anyway, if you know why it's called Rattlesnake Lake or Ledge, um, let me know. Um, but yeah, we did uh, did that a, couple, a week or so ago. Uh, it was a nice sunny January day, which was nice. Um, mm-hmm. But there was some snow that I wasn't really expecting there to be. See, I, I, I should have prepped a little that, better. Yeah, yeah so a uh, little, little bit icy in spots, but no no big deal there. Um, so yeah, I did that. Uh, we do on the when we go hiking in that area, we have a, a frequent stop afterwards. It's called Scott's Dairy Freeze. Hey, wait a minute. This is pastors I know. and pizza. It's not a pizza place. Okay. Um, so I'll I'll keep it brief. But it's a pretty nice little <laughs> drive in type place, burgers, ice cream, a uh, good little spot. And it seems like every time I go there, it's it's sunny and feels good to just sit outside in the sun. Uh, maybe it's because we're going hiking and we tend to hike when the weather's better. And you are definitely a sunshine fan. I, I do like sun, particularly when it's warm and sunny. I mean, mm. I'll, I'll take, you know, cooler and sunny over cooler and not sunny. But okay. I prefer okay. warmer and sunny. I mean, and really, depending on if you're hiking or whatever, it makes sense that you would want something at least not well, then miserable. You yeah, you don't want it too warm, though, because right. then you know, right. you're exerting yourself and then you get too hot. And, you know, I'm, I'm basically Goldilocks here. Uh, oh. I mean, like like most Seattle people, wow. they, you know, 
You're it's got to be plant. it's got to be even... 71 degrees with a gentle breeze from the west <laughs> otherwise it's just a disaster out there uh hey john where were you born i was born in socal mm-hmm. glendora california mm-hmm. uh, i moved when i was like six though so mm-hmm. i mean i've been here a really long time because you're older than six i'm way older than six so Indeed. Yeah, so uh, that's that's something I did recently. Uh, you know, I, I consume way too much um, media as far as movies and TV and sure. things like that. Um, I hesitate to, to say this because I, I maybe will come across as spoiled because um, I probably am spoiled. Mm. Um, but I, I recently got as a gift for Christmas from my family a new OLED TV. Ooh. And I did not expect to get said TV. This is like a dream gift item that I bother my wife about all the time. We'd go to Costco. <laughs> I would stop at Costco. Hold on, everybody, did you just go? I didn't expect to get this. I bother my wife with it well, all no. of the time. I mean, I didn't. I didn't think it would actually happen though. But we'd we'd go to Costco, and I would just, I, you know, they put the TVs right there at the entrance, and I would just stop and stare at the OLEDs. <laughs> What is OLED? And she, she for the I don't, uninformed. I honestly don't know what the O stands for, but uh, the LED part, the LED, is light emitting diode. Mm. But it's just basically the the technology used for the screen. And the great thing about OLED TVs is that they have true black, like the the pixels. Mm. They actually do a black where regular LED TVs they just turn that pixel off, oh. and so it's not really an actual black. And so you get much more contrast and more depth. Wow. And so, so I've been kind of geeking out on my new TV. I, I've implemented 4K movie Monday, 4K movie Tuesday, 4K movie Wednesday. So you may be catching a theme here. But Is I'll, there a day we don't have 4K movies? I mean, unfortunately, yes. Oh. Not necessarily intentionally. Like I'm purposely trying to not have movies. It just ends up not happening. Okay. Uh, but get, yeah, I'll tell my kids or my, my wife or all of them say, hey, it's time for you know a Thursday 4K movie night. And they're like, what? <laughs> and so, yeah. But I've been doing that a lot recently. Well, congrats. Merry Christmas. Yeah. So it's a, it's a, it's a new, new TV and I love it. And um, I'm excited about watching things on it. So I did watch a football game on it and it was very, very nice. And that wasn't even in 4K. Holy smokes. Yeah, you need to come over and watch watch in 4K because that's amazing. So what are you doing for the Super Come come on Super over, Bowl. come on over and watch a movie with me. It's 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 4K movie night, whatever night it is. Whatever night. All right. All right. Yeah. Thanks. So, Sorry that was an invitation for me. Yeah, no worries. Uh no, really. I was I was telling anybody, come on over. Oh, um wow. yeah, so we we don't have a lot of time on, on this segment, but uh Speaking of movies, one one thing I am excited about coming up mm-hmm. is I have have rejoined the Movie Pass um, phenomenon. John, yeah, it was so a real I know bummer for you in the past. It was a real. I don't know if you guys know about Movie Pass, but Movie Pass way. I mean, this is a few years back now. Um, I had heard about them a long time ago and thought, you know, that's not really um, at the time it wasn't super cost efficient. Like I'm not like that's not really a value. But then they came out at Costco where mm. you could get like a year membership. It was like 70 bucks or something like that oh for my. a full year. Oh and their whole thing was you could see a, one movie every single day at basically any theater you wanted. Oh, gosh. And somehow they couldn't sustain that and went out of business. <laughs> Um, you're a business major. Right? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I do handle operations and finances here at the yes, church. And yes. uh, so I, I think I can figure out how that happened. 
Um, but it was really cool while it lasted. And then it, it went kaput. The last, the last few months were just, I mean, it was a total disaster mess. Kaput. Everything wasn't working right. And it, yeah, it was bad. But they're back. They got new financing, a new model. It's not nearly as good of a, a system for the consumer. Mm. Probably more viable on, on their end. Um, Maybe but, they'll throw some treats out to the originals. Yeah. So so they're they're kind of gradually implementing this. They're doing some beta testing. Mm. Um, and so because I was a previous subscriber, I'm able to get in kind oh, of this, this beta first first part um, thing here. And so I, I signed back up for that. So we'll see how that goes. Oh, boy. Get some, get some movies going. I hope that works out. Man, yeah. just quickly, we watched a movie called Worth. And it's uh, based on the true story of the... What do they call a master special master or something like that that took over for the government the um, 9-11 victim fund and how to pay out for the victims and their families and all that kind of stuff and uh, it really the very first part of the whole movie with Michael Keaton was what is a life worth and it just got me thinking a ton about what Jesus did for us and how he paid for us and then the the movie just unpacks how this lawyer trying to help out his country with all this 9-11 and all the tragedy and all that, how he could help take care of these people, that they wouldn't have to go through litigation. They would just get these payouts from the government. Really, the government is motivated by not having a financial uh, fall apart, which ended up happening anyways. But all that to be said, it was pretty uh, intriguing it was provocative. It actually calls us to question why and what we do with people who are hurting, why and what we do with people who are maybe not equal when it comes to financial mm. um, means. And so it made me think a lot about James and how he says, don't show favoritism. Somebody with gold ring comes in, you say, here's a special seat. Somebody comes in shabby looking homeless. You say, hey, there's a spot at my feet. And it really calls that out. And pretty good movie. Yeah, I, I've seen that one too. It's a, it's definitely a good movie. It makes you think about how we ascribe worth. Absolutely. Um, you know, someone just because they they make less money mm-hmm. or have less you know upward mobility or whatever right. are they are they inherently less valuable? Mm-hmm. And just kind of makes you question all of that and think through how you how you ascribe worth. So yeah, I thought absolutely. that was was good. Um, you also definitely see in that movie. Uh, some people maybe not agreeing with how that worth is ascribed. Oh gosh! And some uh, some anger, which uh, yeah. we're actually going to talk about in our, our next section Ooh. here. Uh, so stick with us here after the break, and we're going to talk about a, a topic that people don't necessarily want to talk about so much. Hope it doesn't make you mad. Yeah. If if so, we've got some tips at the end. So, yes. so listen, listen, and see how you can maybe get a get a hold of that anger. All right. We'll see you in uh, in a minute. Bye-bye. Thanks a lot. All right, welcome back. Um, it's good to, to be with you guys again. So we're gonna kind of transition now, and we're gonna we're gonna talk about maybe a little bit of a, a sore subject for for a lot of folks. Just gonna, to frustrate people right off the brat, brat, right off the bat. 
I mean, when you say transition, that's entirely different for some people in our culture. Yeah, not which is that, a different topic for a different time. Yes, we're not we're not talking about transitioning. We're transitioning from the previous topics right. that we've already talked about. The grub. What's been going on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. got it, got so, it. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk about anger. Hmm. And you know, I was actually thinking we were t- um, we decided to talk about this, and I was thinking. You know, it's probably decent timing. We just came off of uh, Martin Luther King Jr. holiday this uh, past week. Yes, sir. And, you know, obviously he, he had a kind of a different approach to some some significant issues in his time. For sure. Right. I mean, a lot of a lot of people with with racism and, and just civil civil rights and liberties. And, mm. and his approach was was peace and love and even talked about how. You can't drive out darkness with with hate. You, That's right. You use love for That's that. That's right. right? Love so, and light. Absolutely. Yeah. But we we here, you know, several decades later, are aren't really seeing things improved from an anger standpoint. I mean, obviously, from a race standpoint, I think there's obviously been some improvements. Is not all the way there yet. We are far from all the way there. Yeah. But from how we deal with issues and how we, we respond to these things, we haven't necessarily seen a lot of improvement, right? We absolutely see, I'll, see a lot of anger out there. I would say just recently, you know, as we're recording this, um, last Saturday night, there is yet again, another mass shooting in California and then one the next day. And I mean, there's just, there's gun violence for sure. But, uh, you know, John, as we were talking about this, what what has really got people so on edge? That's a very multifaceted answer to that question. But there's been a lot of people angry, divided, frustrated, really over the past few years. You've got the political climate and then you've got all of the different viewpoints on COVID and vaccination and masks and all of those things. And then the isolation and people not dealing with people like face to face, you got social media and you've got keyboard warriors and all these things. And so, yeah, it doesn't look like it's getting better, but let me ask you, do you think it's just not getting better or we're just seeing more of it? Because of the technology. Well, yeah, and so I mean, there's a there's a lot there that you just talked about that we that we could certainly get into, and and yeah, I mean, I, I mean, anger obviously is not a new thing, right? Goes, not at all. We we see it all the way back in with Cain and Abel, right? Yes, sir. And so it's it's not new. It's not going anywhere. It's not it's not going to end until Jesus returns and sets things right. Amen. So, um, but yeah, I think it, it does seem to be more prevalent, mm-hmm. and is it? Or are we just more aware of all of these right. these circumstances because of just the the ease with getting information this this day and age, right? Yes. We've got social media, we've got you know twenty four seven news cycles, we've got all these all these different things, <sighs> and so so you're it's just in front of you all of the time, always. But I mean, I think just from from experience, you know, going to restaurants or stores or airplanes mm. or whatever i mean i i don't keep track specifically but i mean it feels like and maybe it's just anecdotal right but mm. it feels like you you see and experience more of these kinds of outbursts oh yeah now than maybe you know 10 years ago 15 years ago yeah for sure and so so i think just just experience i think tells us that it's probably more prevalent uh, but there definitely is the factor of of you know you've got social media you've got all these things where you know everyone's posting the the latest 
road rage of the latest you know karen mm. episode in a in a store or a that's whatever. not karen blankenship that's just the no name. my friend karen wouldn't do that right but, uh that's it's unfortunately for her been how these people have been categorized these women anyway it's, it's karen's and you know they're but you can relate because like the dear john letter i mean that had to be rough oh wait did that ever happen to you did you ever get a dear john letter uh, no, I never got a letter per se, but Ooh. I mean, there's maybe some times where, you know, it's not like, you, it's me kind of a thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, that's, that's another story. I don't want to stir up any anger. Yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm trying to push that anger down and not let it out. Let me tell you a little something about that. It's super unhealthy to push it down. It's more unhealthy to give it full vent, but to deal with it. Cause if you press it down, John, it's a lot like a jack in the box it is going to come out eventually especially if you're and how buddy got scared every single time on elf yeah we shouldn't be that surprised when it pops out because we put the lid on it and then we go for it and it pops out and so dealing with our anger in a godly way and a a don't let it get a foothold like it says in ephesians 4 that's something i mean and all the all the joking aside I think a lot of times anger, we try to be like the Hulk, so to speak. I'm always angry, but I just try to keep it underneath the surface. It's coming out. Yeah. I mean, yet that was his secret, right? He says, my, my secret is that I'm always angry. <laughs> it's so, just like a simmer. I'm not, I'm not really stuffing any anger about Dear John letters Sorry, or, guys. or breakups. That um, sounded like we got real serious. Well, yeah. we did get serious, but not about his Dear John stuff. No, but, I mean, but there is times that... I think all of us will will stuff anger, and I think absolutely. You know, there's probably times where that's appropriate. Like there's just times where mm-hmm. you know maybe don't let that out right now, right? But you need to deal with it. That's right. Uh, at some at some point. Um, but let's let's backtrack though a little bit. You you kind of talked about quite a few of uh, maybe the potential issues um, that are causing us to be mm-hmm. angry. So so why are we so angry? Wow, and we—not you and me necessarily—but as a society, as mm-hmm. people, why are why are we so angry? Um, boy, John, I have spent fifty-two years on this planet, um, fifty-two and a half, as a matter of fact, and so I can tell you what I've experienced personally, what I've witnessed personally, been alongside of a lot of people with anger management issues and all that, and I would say the ultimate thing that stands out is control. We want control. We think we need control. And we actually feel like we need control. And so there's fear and there's anger, there's pride and there's anger. And I think that those are the three main things, right? That we want control. We're afraid that something bad is going to happen or something worse is going to happen or I won't be able to control something. And then that's pride as well. Like, I wouldn't do it that way. Don't talk to me like that. You're not in charge of me. You don't get to do that. We can't really fight God. And so we fight with others. I mean, we try. But <laughs> yeah, so I was, I was actually reading, a, reading an article uh, about, about anger culture. And this, this psychologist, Dr. Ryan Martin, uh, it was an article in the Green Bay Press Gazette of all places. Wow. Um, he says part of what happens when you're angry is you feel disempowered. So we have to try to find ways of taking some of that power back. Yep. Right. And you, you kind of talked about that with the, the, the 
lack of control. Things mm-hmm. feel out of control. And so, yeah, so we, we feel dis, disempowered. Mm-hmm. Someone's trying to take from us, mm-hmm. trying to hurt us, they're trying to harm us, they're, they're taking our, our power, our control. Yeah. Yeah. And so we, um, we respond. And, and part of that's a natural response, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That, that God gave us a, the fight or flight response, sure. right? And so for part sure. of that is intended for, for our safety uh, to be able to defend ourselves, right? But obviously, yeah. most anger that we experience uh, in, in myself in, a, in mm-hmm. society is is not that kind of a thing, right? No. It's a, it's kind of a misapplication of that fight or flight absolutely response. And you know, uh, my friend Leslie says your why isn't usually the real reason why on a lot of things. Yeah, <clears throat> check this out, James four. What causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? I, I'd assume we understand that fights and quarrels are going to come from anger, right? Uh, Definitely feeling separated, frustrated. And he says this, is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? You desire, you don't have, so you murder. You covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. You do ask, but you don't receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. It is my rights, my life. You can't infringe on me. Knock it off. I may not again fight everybody, but this causes this causes fights. Sound like Mike Tyson speaking of anger. <laughs> but anyways, yeah. here's here's the the thing for me with James. It's really offensive cuz he's right. Well yeah, so I mean if you were, if you were to summarize what he says there, it's like what what causes fights and quarrels? You're, you're not getting what you want. Exactly. And so then we we get upset and we we fight back. We get we lash out. We're angry, right? And we so, covet, or you know, again, just the the reaction like this guy from the what is it Green Bay Gazette? The Green Bay Press Gazette. Wow, that's impressive. That so many back in the day things Press Gazette, but let's here, get them all in there. News Chronicle, <laughs> Post. They, I don't know. You can't have too many newspapers probably there, so you can name it whatever you want. But yeah, he's he's getting after this idea of again of control and power, authority, fear that you're losing those things. And in some ways, we are. I think as Christians, we recognize we're supposed to recognize first and foremost that we're not the Lord, and then secondly, other people are humans. And they're gonna make their mistakes, and they're gonna do their things, and they're gonna they're gonna cause problems, and all that opportunity is for us to trust God to help others. But we're really scared. We're really tired. We're really no margin. We're frustrated. It's always somebody's watching me. Somebody's messing with me. I had this one occasion where we were in between a junior high camp and a senior high camp like literally just a couple of days between that. And we're all really tired, already fried, and we've got a week coming up that we're going to be with the senior high group. And my bus driver and boat driver and all that, he was pretty much you know, on his last nerve. And he came driving through the parking lot. I was there with a friend of mine, and the friend of mine is kind of a jokester. And the guy that is our driver and our friend says, Hey, what time is it? And he says, Oh, it's 10 too. 
tend to your own business. And my other friend lost his marbles. Oh, wow. Just so angry. And I laughed at the because of the joke. It's kind of a dad joke. Kind you of love stupid. your dad jokes. So, oh, yeah. my goodness, bro. For a long time now. But it wasn't funny to my other friend. And he was, you know, trying to, to you know, change his life. And he's trying to change the way he was eating and all the different things that were going into his body. He was trying to change. So he was pretty cranky and maybe even hangry, right? And, you know, we weren't sensitive to all that. And he just, I mean, he let us have it. And he came back and he said, man, I'm sorry. I love you guys. I don't want this to go into this trip. I mean, so we got an enemy who hates us. We got our own flesh that pimps us out and does all kinds of different things. The world system is not geared towards cohesiveness. Mm -hmm. It's get what you can when you can. Absolutely. And so you've got as Christians, and so I'll ask you this question. How have you dealt with, as a Christian, your anger? Because like the Bible doesn't say don't be angry. As a matter of fact, there's tons about how God is angry. Mm -hmm. And like Moses even said in Deuteronomy, look, God wanted to wipe you guys out. He was so mad at you. But I prayed for you. I don't know if Moses was trying to say, check me out or what. But he was like, God is mad. And mad is not a sin. So Ephesians says, be angry and sin not. Mm-hmm. How have you been able to do that? Well, so let's put a pin in that real quick. Um, and so some that story that you gave is, is, a, is a great example, I think, because almost always anger is mm. is a response to something else that's going on. Like, it's not I mean, the why. It's, yeah, it's not usually because that, you know, that joke was you know, super offensive or whatever. There's something else going on in your heart, in your life, yes, that causes you to, to lash out and to respond, right? Unreported stains. And, you know, some, sometimes, you know, it, your anger is a direct result of, of something that's going on. Like you, you, I mean, even like, like road rage, sometimes you've had a bad day mm. and you, you take someone pulling over in front of you offensively, like they are intentionally trying to thwart you. But really, it's because your boss yelled at you or because you're having marital problems or because these that's other right. things are going on. Now, that's sometimes... Right. You know that someone's just a jerk on the road, and you respond angrily, and so so it's a little bit of both. But a lot of times, our mm. angry responses are indicators that something else is going on in our lives. Amen. Right. Amen. And uh, I I see this actually in my dogs. Hmm. Weirdly enough, so I've got one dog in particular that uh, sometimes she she takes a little longer to do her business than I like. So I get frustrated with, with her. So she's like a business dog? Yes. She's, <laughs> she sells things. It's amazing. Her, her business, Aaron. Oh, 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 gosh. Yeah. I'm, so a, little, I'm will, a little dense. I will get frustrated. And so that, this is kind of just a, a, a chain of, of reactions, right? So I'll get mm. frustrated with her. And so I'll, I'll yell at her. And then she takes it out on the other dog. <laughs> Because the other dog's just mostly um, kind of a doofus and, you know, do to do mm-hmm. and just wants to play and be kind of the little sister and, you know, pick at and whatever. And she's oblivious to anything that's going on. Um, but the first dog, when I yell at her, will then take it out on the other dog by yep. now reacting and, and, like, snarling or barking at the, at the innocent dog that did nothing. Absolutely. Right? And it got me thinking of how, mm. how we're like that. We are right. We, we anger compounds anger. Yep. 
right? And so we, we respond angrily that doesn't usually lead to the other person being all sweet and peaceful and what they usually then respond angrily. Right. right. Absolutely. I think, I mean, we're, we're both married. We both have mm-hmm. kids. Mm-hmm. And so I think we've probably seen this play out from both sides. Like yes. when we respond angrily or when someone is angry with us, domino you know, or snowball yeah, effect, things, yeah. things escalate. Yes. Right. And suddenly you're having this, this argument, this fight, this whatever, and it, it snowballs, like you said, and, and things get out of control. Mm. And then hopefully you come back and you apologize and you ask for forgiveness and all that. So, yes. so back to your question about yes. responding. Right. Right. So in the, in the heat of the moment, if someone approaches me angrily, my natural tendency is to, to kind of just elevate the, the tension. The, mm. the blood pressure goes up. And, get a little escalation. I want to defend myself. I want to retaliate. Uh, I want to, to prove my innocence. Like all of these things are kind of my natural first response. Mm-hmm. I'm not usually interested in finding out why are they so angry? Like there must be something else going on in your You're heart. You're feeling that, some big emotions. What's going on? Yeah. Did somebody hurt you? <laughs> and, you know, and responding that way probably is not going to help the situation either. Mm-hmm. Um and so yeah. that may be something you have to talk talk about later when things have cooled down, right? Um, but right. yeah, but, but the natural response is, is this things escalate, right? And React, so, yeah. And so that's you have to when you're on the the receiving end of anger, you have to be able to to take a breath and be able to try to de-escalate mm-hmm. the issue, right? Mm-hmm. That's what you know police officers are, are taught. They're supposed to that's de-escalate right. situations, right? Maybe if you're a teacher. You know, hopefully you're able to, to de-escalate issues with students and, and whatever's going on. As a parent, you kind of have to do that with right. when siblings are fighting or whatever. And so how can you um, de-escalate, maybe be a voice of reason, a calming mm-hmm. influence, and mm-hmm. kind of bring the temperature down a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but when you're, when you're the one being angry, hopefully you're receptive to some of those tactics from the other person, right? Oh, and be able to... Yeah. I mean, it's that opportunity, right? We talked on Sunday, this last Sunday about Jesus being the light and that he calls us to be the light of the world. You know, he's leaving. You guys are going to be my reps right here. My, my little image bearers showing the kingdom and all that. It's, it's a light moment, not lighthearted moment, but a moment for the light to come in. Right. When somebody says, Hey, I can see that you're really upset. Is there anything I can do to help? What? What, what what's going on i just told you right and so we're like okay so let me tell this back to you or whatever but solomon in uh proverbs 5 15 excuse me says a soft answer turns away wrath but a harsh word stirs up anger and it's for me those are two different words right there's wrath and anger i believe wrath is like anger being acted out like you're finally like i'm done and so he's saying look a soft answer is going to turn away wrath but a harsh word stirs up anger so somebody comes at you angry and even maybe a little bit wrathful it's time to like not meet them there and you're going to need the holy spirit for that Mm -hmm. you're going to need to count to a thousand breathe pray all those things and it's really, really a good time to ask yourself, what am I mad about? Right. Am I reacting? 
And so, I mean, I've seen preschool teachers, kindergarten teachers, you know, even like you said, all the way up into high school and coaching and all that, but especially the younger kids, like, Hey, I can see you're really feeling a lot right now. What's going on? Like, I just told you, I don't want to talk about it or I don't know. Like, okay, well, how about a little bit of a timeout? So for me in my marriage, I'm somebody that has to talk about it. Like, let's get this out. We might puke it up on the table a little bit, and then we work through it. Kathy is more of a ruminator. She's going to chew on it a little bit. She doesn't really think as quickly, and her mouth doesn't get in, her in as much trouble as me because she <laughs> slows down on that. Yeah. And so we've had to learn, like, look, can we talk about this? I'm not ready to talk about it. Okay, will we be able to talk about it? Yeah. Give me 10 minutes. Give me 15 minutes. Yeah. Give me a couple of hours, right? And so some of the, in marriage, that's that way. When you're driving, you don't get to have a conversation with the person that cut you off or flipped you off or whatever might be going on. And so for us as Christ ones, we've got to remember that we're supposed to be not only setting an example, but pointing people to Jesus. Right. Which leads me to something that Christians will use as a reason for being angry. Jesus got mad. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, that that's definitely a conversation we should, we should, we should have. Um, and we can talk about these things in kind of any, any order here. Cause I do want to maybe give some suggestions or some, some tips for how we can, can respond, um, when, when things maybe get a little heated or how we can reflect ourselves on, on our own lives and how, how we respond to things. Amen. Um, but one of the things just coming off of what you were just talking about, so I read a book a few years ago called Unoffendable mm. by Brant Hansen. And it actually has just gotten re-released. It's been updated and, and re-released. He was just on Good Morning America a couple weeks ago. Nice. Um, but this this book, Unoffendable, is in a nutshell, it's about kind of mm. laying aside your right to offense. Mm. And wow. in our country, in Western culture in particular, uh, it's kind of a lot about rights. I have the right to do this or the freedom to do that. And we're very big in our country about our rights. Yes, we, we are. We've seen over these last couple of years in particular with with COVID and with masks and with vaccines and all of these things, guns, uh, all, all of these Gatherings. things about, oh. about rights and what we are, are or are not free to do. And we hold on to those things, mm -hmm. right? And that carries over into all sorts of areas of our lives, right? We, we, we have these rights as a husband. I've got rights for this and as a parent and as an employee and as all of the, all these things that we want to defend our right to do things. Mm -hmm. And so, so this book, Unoffendable, is, like I said, it's basically about laying down your rights. Now, you, you may have heard that somewhere before, seen that modeled before. Yeah. Um, um, Jesus? Jesus, oh, yeah. Okay. yeah. And yeah. so that's the basis of this book, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, hey, if Jesus was able to lay down his rights, go all the way to death yes. that he didn't deserve wow. uh, for other people who did deserve it. Absolutely. Right? That would be that, me, by the way. Yeah, and that's our example, right? So we, we should be able to lay down our right to you know getting home faster mm. by 30 seconds instead of being cut off or our right to, you know, whatever the case is. And so that's kind of the, the point of that. And so I would highly recommend 
the book for for any of you guys that I mean really anybody that uh, mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. wants to to just be more like Jesus um, wants to maybe figure out how to how do I control my my temper my anger um, I would I would encourage that if I could get book. over being offended by the title I think I would probably be able to yeah and then so then so then that brings me up though to back to your your statement about righteous anger mm-hmm. is is there such a thing as righteous anger well yeah according to god here's the problem with our anger we're not perfect our anger is always at some level going to be tainted with sin by sin somebody else's or mine god's is not it's perfect and it's holy Again, there's just a ton of verses. You guys can look them up. Deuteronomy 9, Psalm 2.12, kiss the son lest he be angry. And then there's a bunch more with that. Psalm 37.8. But the big one that Christians bring up, and I see it a ton on Twitter, is that Jesus was angry. And he was. I mean, he was indignant on some things. Um, He didn't always react, but there's two times. One in John 2, 11 through 18, and one in Matthew 21. You can go 12 through 23 on that, but it's 12 through 16 for sure. But he came into the temple two different times, like at the beginning of his three-year ministry, basically, and then Passion Week, so the end of that. I mean, he's, he's still ministering today. But he got mad, and he upended tables. And the first one in the book of John, he actually made a cat of nine tails whip. And I don't know if he was fashioning that early and they were like, hey, what are you doing with that, Jesus? Right? And then he just came in. But there was people that were gouging, price gouging, other Jews who were coming to worship. And they would they couldn't take Roman money in the temple for a temple fee, right? To be able to use the temple and to be in the temple and to keep the temple going so they had to do money changing they also sold birds because you can't really bring a bird a long trip when you would come for all these festivals and these times where you make sacrifices and so the big thing too is that jesus noticed that they were doing this market in the temple in an area that was supposed to be for the gentiles to come and worship yahweh by the way, the Jews are like, they don't deserve to be here. Like the Jews by that, I mean the yeah. leaders. They're like, no, 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 we're fine. We'll do this. And people, he's like, you're making my house a den of thieves. And so there, John, is this righteousness. And they knew it like the, as soon as this happened, his disciples remember, zeal from my house will consume me. And what are we mad about? Are we mad because Jesus is being offended? Are we mad because we're being offended? Are we mad because we don't like the way the government is talking? Are we mad about the things that make God mad? And we're in this year-long focus on Jesus said. And friends, I would say, go and look up the stories where Jesus got angry. Go and look up what he was mad about. Go and look up in the Old Testament what God was mad about. We should be mad about the things that make God mad Mm -hmm. and we should be mad like him. And we're going to need help with that. So to say should and all that, what are some recommendations that you would have on helping 
our listeners that you have seen that you have worked through to be righteously indignant because there are things that are always right for all people all the time. And God has said so. Mm-hmm. So what, what do you have? Do you have a recommendation or two? Um, well, yeah, I don't know if I've got a recommendation necessarily, but I think, I think we've got to be very careful on how we label our, our anger, our indignation, as you talked about. Um, yes, there are things that we should be upset about. Uh, injustice should upset us. Absolutely. Um, you know, lying, sin, uh, all, all of that stuff should upset us. And so it's not that we can't ever, ever be angry about things or upset about things, but how we respond to those things is, I think, the, the difference, right? We, we, mm. can't, we can't and we shouldn't respond angrily. And so it's okay to be be angered by sin. It's okay to be, but with that, are you angered by your own sin? I guess is a good first question. Wow. Are you just angered by other people's sin? And so that's good. Um, if you're if you're just angered by other people's sin, then are you really angry about sin? Yep. And so so we've got to ask ourselves some of those questions. And we've and like you started off the whole the whole part here about righteous anger is we're not Jesus. Mm-mm. We are not perfect. And so when we claim, well, Jesus was, got angry, yeah, he sure did. But he's he's perfect. We can trust Jesus. Yes, sir. Explicitly. Amen. Right? Whereas, Amen. whereas we are fallen, sinful people. And so we cannot be trusted explicitly. And so we've got to be very careful when we're, when we're ascribing things mm-hmm. like that because that's what happened with Jesus because we're not him. So, right, bro, you bring that up. Ephesians 4, 26 and 27, and I kind of mentioned it, but be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. So now don't just stoke your anger and and soothe it and say, I'm going to keep you here with this grudge. And then it says, and give no opportunity to the devil. The King James says, give no peace to the devil. And this word opportunity is also foothold in the NIV. And it's this word tapos, which means ground. Right. Don't give ground to the devil. Right. If you're going to be mad, be mad for the things that make God mad and give your anger to God. Yeah. And, we, and we've talked about a lot of the reasons why, why that makes sense mm-hmm. earlier, right? It, anger compounds, right? Yeah. If we respond angrily to these things, then that escalates things, right? It doesn't so, tend to so it's soften not going, it. Yeah, it's not going to improve anything. No by responding in that way can you can you be upset about it can you can you want to do stuff to change it absolutely we should um but unfortunately i think most of the time when we when we talk about righteous anger and will jesus overturn tables that's usually an excuse mm-hmm. to justify our own behavior it's our usually wrath or whatever yeah, it's usually an excuse to be a jerk yep right and so um, again, we've got to be very careful with how That's we good. how we're phrasing those things, how we're using those things as as justification for our inappropriate mm. use of anger. That's right. right? And so uh, there's there's one quote from the from Unoffendable. Uh, he says, "My anger isn't a sign of trust. It's the very opposite. I'm worried someone's going to get away with something like God's not noticing, and it's all up to me." Hey. 
Oh my goodness. Right. And so again, I think a lot of times we, we use these things as excuses. Well, I've got to, I've got to defend my faith and I've got to stand up for Jesus. And like Jesus called us to follow him, to disciple others, to like bring other people to him. There's not really times where he's like, Hey, make sure you yell at everybody and tell them how (laughs) bad they're doing. (laughs) No, not very. I don't and so, recall any time. So yeah, so we've like I said, we've got to be very, 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 very careful with that, and not just use it as an excuse to be a jerk. Ooh, that's good, bro. Yeah, man, that I gotta get that book. Hey, heads up, Crosswater. By the way, that might be something you see on the Jesus Said series coming to you. Absolutely, and I mean, maybe maybe it's a, a small group or a study or a class or something mm. too. Because I mean, it's it's a really good book, and it really does change your your mindset and, and obviously like i said it's, it's based off of, off of scripture i mean you can think about the the unforgiving servant right servant owes a bunch of money king says hey pay me he's like yeah. hey have mercy I, I'll, mm, I'll do it but i can't right now king's story. like you know what i'm just gonna go ahead and just wipe out your debt you're Gosh. you're free you don't have that debt anymore you're good to go and he immediately leaves mm-hmm. finds another servant that owes him money and demands payment that servant asks the same thing for mercy, and he says, "Nope, you're in jail until you can pay me." And then the king finds out what happened, and he's like, mm. "You wicked servant! Like mm. I just forgave you, and you turned around and didn't do the same." Wow! Right? And so obviously the, the story there is we have been forgiven so much, so much more. Who are we to then try and turn around and not forgive other people? That's so Who good. Are, Jesus doesn't i mean he's offended by sin right it's right. It, it he can't be with sin Mm-mm. but instead of holding us holding that against us he died for us mm. he who knew no sin became our sin and yet we can then turn around wow and you know flip out on other people and and like what haven't you been who he has been forgiven much for should forgive much that's right, right. So, Gosh, so, bro, that's yeah, so there's, just, there's a lot there. We're, we're getting short on time, so we need to kind of wrap it up. But I was reading in this other book. It's called The Heart of Anger uh, by Christopher Ash and Steve Midgley, I sure. think is his name. Uh, but basically kind of three, three ways to maybe kind of assess in your own life uh, maybe where you're doing or, or how to maybe get a, a grasp on mm. anger. And first, first thing he says is to, to identify. And he says, angry people often don't believe they are angry. Hmm. They just believe they are right. Ooh. And Gosh. let me tell you, as someone who likes to be right and sometimes point it out, you, you can be right in a wrong way. Yeah, man. Wow. That's exactly right. And so just because <laughs> you're, right. you're right doesn't mean you weren't angry. Mm-mm. And so you, you, have right to be able to, wrong way. you have to be able to identify these things and some this he gave a list of some ways that sometimes this this crops up because we we maybe think anger anger is one's kind of specific emotion or thing and he says this may be some of the places where where you can tell if maybe you've got some underlying anger going on mm-hmm. resentment bitterness irritation grumbling sarcasm indifference a critical spirit competitiveness abuse envy hatred quarreling or sulkiness. Oh my goodness! Can all maybe be evidence of anger? Maybe un- maybe it's underlying anger. Mm. Maybe it's it's not so underlying. But those are those are maybe ways that it comes out. Yep. 
that we don't always think of. So first identify that there's anger there, That's good. right? Identify. Next, consult. Maybe maybe you need to have some accountability. Maybe you need to talk to somebody that uh, can maybe point out, yeah, bro, yeah, sis, th- that mm. I've seen that in you sometimes. People you trust, obviously. Yeah. People that can get in and say things to you that are tough. Right, and that is super hard. That is, especially right? when you're mad. Yeah, because if that's an issue and now someone tells you it's an issue, now you're like, the tendency is to defend yourself and to, right. to ramp up. And you and I talk uh, quite a bit about accountability and how now you, you want accountability until you need accountability and then <laughs> exactly. you don't really want accountability anymore. Nope. So, and then the last thing he talks about is to, to kind of explore your anger. Like what's going on in your heart? What is your anger about? What mm. desire? We talked before about kind of not getting what you want, right? So, what is that desire that is being thwarted? Oh, that's good. Um, is there is there some fear that you've got inside you that you're reacting to, right? Mm. And so, so explore that anger and, and figure out maybe what's going on at a deeper level, because because the anger is a symptom. It's not it's always not, not really what's going on. There's something else going anger on. Anger is a secondary emotion right. for sure. And so, yeah, so those are there's some, some tips to, to maybe help you maybe identify if, if that's an anger, if, if anger is an issue in, in your heart. Gosh, you guys, I'm just writing it down. So identify, consult, and explore. And what was the name of that book it's again? called The Heart of Anger, Christopher Ash and Steve Midgley. Gosh, man. So I, I would say, back to John pointing out what Jesus did by telling that story of the unmerciful servant. Just remember how much you've been loved. Um, the end of Ephesians four says, be kind and tender hearted towards one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. We didn't deserve it. We should certainly didn't earn it. And he cannot be imperfect. So his love, instructive, transformative, redemptive, come to him first and then to people and continually living that kind of lifestyle is really, really difficult, but we're called to daily take up our cross, deny ourselves and follow him. Anger and what you're mad about will be one of those great ways to know how much you need Jesus and how much other people need to see him in you. John, those books, Unoffendable and uh, the heart of anger, gosh, in addition, obviously, you guys, to reading Jesus and his responses, I think that's some of the stuff that we're going to need going forward because I don't see our culture getting better. Right. And so, let, yeah, let's, we've got to gotta wrap this up. So let's, let's leave with this, that we, we are in a, a messed up place. We're in, we're in a broken world, mm-hmm. right? But let's, let's live as Christ followers as if we know the end of the story because we do, we do come right? on man and, that's and good we win jesus makes it right sets it straight and you know we want to bring as many people with us and we do that Amen. with with grace and with truth mm. loving people well and so let's, let's let's live as if all of that is true that's so good will you pray real quick yeah lord thank you so much um for your grace yes, that, that we didn't deserve that's the, the definition and Amen. so so we thank you for that and i pray that that we would live out of that as a response to what you have already done for us yes, if we are in you. And I pray that, uh, that you would help us to live that out, that you would help us to, 
to see the things that are that are underlying in our hearts that need to be taken care of, that need to be addressed. I pray that you would give us give us eyes to see those around us with compassion mm-hmm. and with mercy. See them as you see them, Lord, yes, and help God. us to to be people of of peace that are are de-escalating these issues that are that are helping to to solve this problem of, of anger that is just so rampant in our our culture and our society lord that that we wouldn't add to it mm. and we need you for that and so I, I pray that you would fill us with your spirit that you would continue to guide us strengthen us give us your peace lord we pray all this in your name amen amen god bless you all all right, thank you guys for for joining us again on the Pastors and Pizza podcast. We yeah. will see you next time. Bye bye. This has been Pastors and Pizza, a production of Crosswater Community Church in Sultan, Washington. Check us out online at crosswaterchurch.org. We meet every Sunday morning at nine and ten forty-five on the corner of Third and Birch in Sultan. Thanks for listening. Be sure to leave us that five-star review, and we hope to see you soon. Bye. Adios.